Welcome to Aggravating Circumstances, a true crime podcast. I am your host, Laura Saremi. This is Season 2, Episode 10, Ruthanna. This is the ongoing story of Elisha Baxter. So if you're just getting started, I recommend you hit pause, go back to the first episode of this season. We will wait for you. This podcast does include adult content, so please use caution. Which is kind of funny how we met. We met on where MySpace was, you know, popping more than Facebook was. <laughs> and uh, from there on, I, uh, we've been stuck talking to each other since then. Wait, 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 and wait, wait. Go back. You met on MySpace? <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> he friend requested me like three times, and I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> Police are investigating a bar fight that spilled out into the street. In the end, one person will be left shot to death. Another rushed to the hospital with a stab wound. And then when she told me how uh, he was stabbed, we didn't know where. <laughs> and that really, like, like I, I died. Just, I thought of so many places a person could get stabbed in. So it's basically, being honest, it's basically been a target painted on our family's back. We just knew how the law was and they were never on our side. Sylvia Harvey's father went to prison when she was five years old. Now she's a journalist and writes about families like hers. Last year, she published her first book, The Shadow System, Mass Incarceration and the American Family. She says, in the book, I follow the fears, challenges, and small victories of three families, black and white, poor and middle class, struggling to live within the confines of a brutal system. I uncover a shadow system of laws and regulations that dehumanize the incarcerated, profit off their loved ones, and snatch at the seams of the family fabric. This includes mandatory sentencing laws, restrictions on prison visitation, and astronomical charges for brief phone calls. On the Marshall Project's website, she wrote an article entitled, My Dad Went to Prison When I Was Five, Now I Write About Families Like Mine. In that article, she says... As a child, I got used to the barbed wire gates and the officer holding a rifle in the gun tower. I knew prison guards would make me undo my hair in the hopes of finding heroin tucked in the folds of my braids. It was merely the price I had to pay the prison deities. In exchange for surrendering my freedom, I was allowed to see my father. Incarceration creates additional victims. And as I spoke about in my Last episode, the impacts on the families cannot be underestimated. The family members of the cases that I work on are so kind to talk to me and allow me to publish their words. And I just want to remind everyone that we listen to podcasts for entertainment, but these are their lives. And everyone involved on all sides, victims and the incarcerated, and everyone's families are all traumatized. And speaking about it is 
re-traumatizing. So it is a, a, a gift that they are willing to put themselves through the emotional struggle of talk, telling their story. So today we will have my interview with Elisha's wife, Ruthanna. She was kind enough to speak to me on a day where I, I believe they didn't have power. This was during the horrific snowstorm that they had in Texas, where most of the state lost power and water. And there was a real challenge with the phone signal. So I apologize for some of the, the cutouts. And uh, eventually the phone died and they didn't have a way to recharge it. Um, so the interview gets cut off a little bit awkwardly. But it was it was very, very nice speaking to her. And I, I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello. Hey, this is Laura. Is this, uh, is it Ruthanna? Uh, yes, this is Ruthanna. Well, it's nice to like sort of meet you. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I think I've been getting to know Mark the best. I've we've spent. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's a talker. We've spent several hours yeah. on the phone. <laughs> yeah, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he's fabulous, and he's so willing to just say whatever. So he just. <laughs> oh yeah, the family, uh, especially uh, my husband's side, is open. So, have you been listening to the podcast? Uh, yes, I have. Um, I do have to go back on quite a few just to listen it thoroughly, um, but I have listened to them. <laughs> so it's uh, kind of nervous. I don't know how I can help. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what what do you think so far? What do you think of the podcast? Oh, I think it's excellent. I think it's a it's a good way to be heard, and um, you know, like you know, make a make a good difference on you know knowing our scenario and what's going on. And you have a way with words too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> so, and, and the first thing I want to say is I realize whenever anyone has a life altering experience like this terrible thing that happened to Elisha, it's traumatic for everyone. Um, and I really yeah. appreciate you being willing to talk about it because I understand that most people, they, they kind of they, they figure out ways to cope. And it is re-traumatizing when you have to tell the story. So that's something that I always want to make sure everyone listening to my podcast understand is that this is hard. Like, this is really tough. Yeah. And uh, when I f was first talking to Destry, he said, it's like ripping a Band-Aid off a wound that never heals, you know, just yeah. over and over. So um, so I really I really appreciate you being willing to, to talk to me. You're welcome. Um, and so it sounds like you, you work really hard and stay busy. Um, do you mind telling me a little bit about your job? Uh, well, I work at a, a medical warehouse, and uh, even through the coronavirus, we have are able to stay open and because we ship out medical supplies and everything. And I work overnight, so my 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 hours vary because of it. Wow, I bet you stay incredibly busy. Then has it gotten worse yeah. because of the pandemic? Has it been busier? Um, no. Um, in the beginning, it actually died down to where I wasn't doing as much hours. So. Um, it was actually cool. That was a little good break. <laughs> but when everything picked back up at the little after summer, uh, yeah, uh, it, it kept me busy. <laughs> wow. And you live in Texas now? Yes, ma'am. But so you lived in Florida when when Elisha got yeah. stabbed. So do you yeah. mind? Do you mind telling me a little bit about? Uh, you, know, you can start wherever you want, but I'd love to know a little bit about like how long you've known him and where you met him and kind of you know how things were going in Florida when everything happened. Um, okay, well, me and my husband been together quite some time. Met in '08, 
which is kind of funny how we met. We met on where MySpace was, you know, popping more than Facebook was. <laughs> and uh, from there on, I, uh, we've been stuck talking to each other since then. Wait, 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 go back. You met on MySpace? <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> I he don't... friend requested me like three times and I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> I I had um I had the most amazing MySpace page. I totally remember my MySpace. That is, I, I I didn't think you guys were old enough to even know what MySpace. <laughs> no, yeah, we're from that time. <laughs> okay, all right. So so you met on MySpace. That's amazing. And so okay, so he gave yeah. he sent you a bunch of friend requests. Okay, go on. Yeah. And then um you know it it took me a while to like really meet up with him. So I could say a good six months over the computer talking and then a good six months talking over the phone once I finally gave him my number. And then after that, then, you know, we started seeing each other, start, you know, one actually meeting up. So <laughs> and then from there, it's just been us. Yeah. So how did you, I'm, this is fantastic. So, so <laughs> six months on MySpace, six months on the phone, that's a long time. How did you, right, yeah, no. what convinced you to finally decide, hey, this guy might be okay and I'm going to meet him in person? Like what, how did that happen? And to meet him in person, uh, because speaking with him over the computer and then to the phone, it's just his personality was the same. And then it made me want to like actually see him. I just wasn't so ready yet. It's just that knowing the fact that those times frame, he's still the same person made me want to meet him. <laughs> well, he must have been really persistent because that's a long time, right? To not to not meet somebody in person. Exactly. Like so he, it, it showed. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good good high points that he he gained from you know having a, a relationship like that. We wouldn't say we was dating, but we was fond of each other and we kept communication. You know. <laughs> wow. It was it was. Cool. <laughs> that's amazing. I had a friend I never met. Yeah, a friend you've never met for a long time. Yeah. Well, I have some of those. Unfortunately, they're all in prison. Uh, so <laughs> I, I have these like really strong relationships with, with a lot of people that I've never actually met. So I, I think I understand that a little bit. <laughs> so, okay. So, okay. So you finally met him. And so yeah. was that in 09 or was that in 08? When was that? Leaving 08 into 09 type scenario. So I can say, I, I can say probably like in, in 09-ish, okay. we physically actually met. So so what was your first, so, so you're actually going to meet him. What did you do? Did you meet like at a Starbucks or you know, like, how, what did you do? Um, He picked me up at school. Uh, I attended Miami Dade at that time. He took me out and we was just like, like playing hooky type situation, you know, just hanging out. We just went down, grab something, something quick to eat, talk. It was just like a good hanging out with your, your a friend That's <laughs> situation. Amazing. Were you nervous? Yeah, were you, were you, were you, were not, you, not really. No? I think he was more nervous than I was. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long build up, you know? It's like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> he was, yeah, because he, there's a lot of things he said and he had like, okay, forget what I said. Let me re-say it. <laughs> I was like, okay. It was, yeah, it was an experience meeting somebody you didn't know you were going to be with for so long. Wow. All right. <laughs> so, and what, have you guys been together ever since? Is that kind of the story or? Yeah. I mean, we 
spoke up once, maybe for like a few mo- uh, months, I can say. And then uh, that's it. That was like our first and only real breakup. <laughs> and then a couple years later, got married. And, you know, I mean, we after three years of being, but he's been a father to her since she was 11 months old. Amazing. Just how everything started. Yeah. And it still is. So I'm sorry, some of that, every once in a while, the phone cuts out just a little bit. So I'm um, sorry. Um, Yeah, the area is snowy over here. It's not really good. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's crazy. So, okay. So, so you were saying you, did you already have a daughter when you met him? I kind of missed a little bit of that. Yeah, I have, um, I had an 11 month old daughter. I could say she was like six or uh, five months old, six, seven months old when I started talking to him on the computer. But when I started sending pictures, she was like 11 months. So he he kind of like known her since then. Wow. And then finally physically meeting her, and she, he's, he's always been there for her. So it's like, that was also a plus that I knew that he was going to be a good father to any of his kids that he has and take in. So, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a good guy, isn't he? You know, he's just a good guy. You know, it's a, you don't get that a lot. I can pose a good act. Well, this one didn't act. <laughs> so you guys got together, and then you got married, and then and yeah. you have another um, child together? Is that right? Yes. Well, we had an, uh, a child of our own together and then got married. <laughs> and and so how, how old are the, the girls now? My girls are now, uh, I have a 10-year-old and a 13-year-old. Wow. And so, yeah, they're big. Yeah. So, um, do you mind uh, telling me a little bit about the day this happened or maybe the couple weeks beforehand? Like, uh, I know that he and Dee had actually gotten into a fist fight. Did, did you know about that? Um, honestly, I did not know about that one. Uh, I know everything from when the day it happened, when he got stabbed. So, yeah. Yeah. So do you mind kind of telling me about your experience that day? I mean, like, what were you doing? How did you find out? I mean, what kind of what happened? I kind of found out in, the, in like, the most weirdest way because my nephew was the one that told me. Um, so that day, me and my husband, you know, either go for breakfast, lunch, you know, brunch, kind of sort of. And then after that, we, you know, separate to, to go on with our day, what I have to do and he has to do. I can say close to being evening time, um, I went to the house and my nephew told me that um, his mom ran out the door rushing because my uncle got, uh, his uncle got stabbed. And I'm like, stop playing with me. It's not time to joke. Like, I don't, I don't like hearing stuff like that. And he's like, no, for real. Like, that's a shark. Like, he didn't, he said he didn't believe it either. So that's why he, he was talking like that. So I called my mother-in-law and She's like, yes, meet me at the hospital, meet me at the hospital. She couldn't even talk. And I get there and I'm like, just, I'm just like in shock because um, one from one person to the next person saying something. And, you know, I was, I was freaked out already. And then when she told me how uh, he was stabbed, we didn't know where. <laughs> and that really like, like I, I died just. I thought of so many places a person could get stabbed and who has, it, it was just a, a shocking feeling. Yeah. Were you, you know, was, was, were you able to see him when you got to the hospital? Like was he in surgery? I mean, what, what happened? Yeah. Well, when we went to the hospital here down at Homestead, they actually flew him 
to a trauma hospital and we wasn't able to see him until like maybe the next day. Oh, that must have been terrifying. Yeah, it was. I, I slept at the house. I wasn't even able to go up there with him, but I was like in the lobby just waiting for somebody to tell me something. <laughs> so when so you got to see him the next day and was was he awake? Honestly don't remember if he was awake or yeah. like I believe he was awake. I don't believe he was talking as much. Yeah. Was he I know he was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. Was he was he yeah. like intubated where they have the tube down his throat or do you know why? No. Actually uh, he was able to physically move around and my husband is very strong. He they say the more, you know, you don't lay down and you, you're more active, your your wounds heal faster. So by in, being informed that my husband was getting up, doing things, you know, making sure he he um, he works harder when he does his physical therapy. He's he's real strong. He got out like after them two weeks. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> he healed up real fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, because the the I've seen the pictures and the scars are terrifying. I mean, like I, it's yeah. really horrible and serious. Um. So did you? Yeah. Did, so. When did you find out about the shooting? I don't know. Everything everything I was finding out slowly came to me. It was just, I don't know. I was more of a blank at that moment because I was too much of, of being in shock of what we were actually going through. So it's just like knowing the fact of the shots, I can say maybe later on. When he got out of the hospital, did he... did? Did like the police ask him to come to the police station, or did they just come arrest him, or do you do you know what happened there? Um, the police officer didn't ask us for honestly for nothing to come in or anything like that. Uh, how how that came about of of him getting arrested was we were going to the beach, and, and you know um, we got pulled over and and. We didn't do anything illegal, like run a red light, speed, or anything like that, you know. So it's like we had no reason to to have gotten pulled over. And from getting pulled over, that's when everything got turned into toward there or getting arrested. And I was just confused. I didn't understand why. So you're going to the beach, and you got pulled over, and you got arrested while you were going to the beach? Well, I didn't get arrested. Uh, My husband uh, got arrested. Oh my God, that's, that's scary too. Like, I just can't, yeah. oh, now after that, did he, was he able to get out before the trial or was he just locked up from that point on? From that point on. Oh my God. And, uh, that one there, I, like I can say, I can, normally I like boohoo cry, but it was more of a stiff cry because I knew it was going to be a long time. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. And then I guess the family hired an attorney. And then how, yeah. do you remember how long it was from when that, that day when he got arrested till the trial? Oh, it was a while, like years, maybe. Did it you, wasn't right away at all. Yeah, Everything kept getting reset. It. What did you think was going to happen? I, we, we didn't, we wasn't sure. We was all over the place on what could happen. You know, so we were, we want we were more trying to be positive though, but we also looked at our ups and downs, you know, 
to to like be ready for either or at that point because we we just knew how the law was and they were never on our side so I didn't know how how it was gonna go I didn't he didn't know how it was gonna go either he just hoped it go right I hoped it go right <laughs> did you think they should have said it was self-defense of course he got attacked you know, like either way, he uh, even even if if it, if a person get called out towards a fist fight, and and one person intentionally wasn't really trying to, that I don't know, I don't I don't know how to explain it, because like I can't really say how how it started. I just know that the person wasn't trying to fight on uh, fist fight. What did you find out later about the fight they'd had earlier, the one that had happened a couple weeks before this happened? How did you find out about that? I actually found out about that one when we went to trial. Oh, so you didn't even know until then. Yeah, I didn't know. Um, well, we can't really have plenty of conversations over the phone like that. So it was kind of understanding why not a lot of things again spoke about. Yeah. Were you able to visit him in person in the jail? Uh, yeah. Um, so every time, every single day, it was visitation day, I went to go see him. Of if either, whatever, <laughs> if if it was, because he hopped around, they they didn't have him just in one, you know, holding cell or facility. So whatever facility he went to uh, and whatever days available for me to visit, I, I went on those days. <laughs> I, I'm sure the whole thing was devastating. How did the girls handle this? Well, um, at first, like, we were so shocked and more like at first didn't didn't really tell them that he was he was in jail we said that he was because he has been away before having to work so we said that he he's out working and then when they the normal time you do be away from home that's when they start asking him so when are you coming home <laughs> and then you know i can say when he got close to going to trial and how things were looking I finally took the girls, well, he asked, and finally asked for the girls to come see him. Because uh, it was just me when he was in the jail, not prison. Did they just see him the one time? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, physically, so, um, we saw him plenty of times after that until he went and sent, uh, until he got sent off to prison. And then when I left Florida, we stopped to visit him before I exited so Florida. So he asked to see the girls before the trial. And then after he, the trial, you were able to see him some, and then he went to prison. Once he went to the prison, were you still able to see him, or what, what happened? Yeah, um, we was able to see him one good time leaving the state, but after that, moving to Texas, having to work and everything, and then the following year coming, COVID happened, so everything was locked down, so yeah. couldn't do anything or go anywhere. So how did you decide to move to Texas? It's, it's been offered maybe like a, a year or two after he's been all in, in jail. And I, I, I'm not too much of a person who likes changes so much, so it kind of took me a while to accept the fact that I should go or not. And I'm kind of glad I did because I had a better way to, you know, support my me and my girls better than I did in Florida because in Florida I had to have like three jobs. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that, that's how I was able to maintain those two two years uh, on my own. I did lose my business. 
but I st- but I file taxes, so I do customers that you know who are how you say faithful on staying with me because they trust me, you know, which is a good plus. So it it keeps it keeps me afloat at the same time. <laughs> wow, you work really hard. Ah, uh, yeah, I try. <laughs> so who um do you, do you have someone that helps with the the kids while you're at work, or how how have you managed yes. that? Well, in Florida, I had my parents. I have a, I had a huge family support in Florida. And moving up here, it was offered, uh, like I mentioned earlier. My sister-in-law, um, his sister, offered out a, home, a room and space in, in her home to help me get out from, you know, the, the stressfulness. Because, you know, she, everybody knew all that I've been doing since um, he's been gone. How I've, I've been trying to maintain everything until he gets back. <laughs> and she was uh, telling me it. it I could ease my 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 stress and moving up here and making a little you know better more money up there because the um pay rate in Texas is is a lot better than Florida. <laughs> yeah, so I did. I took that opportunity and I which is doing very well. I'm, I'm, I can say. <laughs> yeah. Heavy work still. Yeah, it sounds like it. I worked <laughs> nights for 5 years. And oh wow. I actually loved it. Like it was, um, I really enjoyed working nights, but I was also younger and more resilient <laughs> and, um, uh, I, I'm too old for that shit now. <laughs> I mean, like I just, I, cause I, I do, oh I'm an emergency, uh, veterinarian. And so I do emergency oh, wow. shifts. And of course, a lot of those are like, I worked Valentine's, which was yesterday. Right. And a lot of those oh, are wow. night shifts. Um, and so every once in a while I'll be like, yeah, I can work a night shift. And then every time I do it these days, I'm like, Oh, what was I thinking? <laughs> well, when you work <laughs> I, nights all the time, it's, <laughs> it's a little different, but, uh, but you still want to do stuff when there's daylight. Right. So it, yeah. it's like, it's like just getting sleep. And I'm sure with the girls, cause they're, they're, they don't go to night school, right? They've got school during the day. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So do they get to talk to him very often? Oh, yeah, he called. And that was where the epic 2021 Texas snow and ice storm messed up our interview. Ruthanna lost phone signal, and then there was all kinds of trying to call each other back and trying, couldn't even text. It was, it was a little bit nuts. But at one point, we managed to get somebody else's phone that had a little bit of a signal, and then... Mark was able to call, and then Elisha happened to call Mark while all this was happening, and so we had a very, very brief conversation, and here's uh, just a little snippet from that. So so I asked Elisha if that was true, that you met on MySpace, and how long it was, and he said, and he, what was it you said? You said, I have a lot of patience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had a lot of patience. <laughs> Yeah, he did. I'm kind of amazed by that. Our criminal justice system creates more victims, and especially in cases like Elisha's where they just got it wrong. (laughs) 